0: Hello, this is Hampshire Fans Podcast. This is our third episode of 2019 season. And uh, this is me, Ian Pearce, and I've got Phil Webb with me as always to talk about the last month for Hampshire cricket. We've had an eventful month. We've had um, overseas trips. We've had cup finals uh, as well as uh, the usual sort of bread and butter of the more normal away trips how are you phil
1: yeah not too bad uh just drying out i think you say we've had an eventful month apart from if you discount the last three days of just standing around waiting for something to happen and nothing happening but uh yeah no uh i'm good yeah looking forward to uh chat through
0: some of our championship games and
1: of course the uh one day final as well
0: yeah should we start with the one one day final let's get that out of the way <laughs> um very disappointing, I think, is uh, polite way of putting it. Um, we, of course, with the background to it, that uh, Hampshire were denied uh, three star players. Aidan Markram, you could kind of understand him not being able to play, um, as he was, you know, just the overseas player for the first part of the season. Uh, but James Vince, Liam Dawson not being allowed to play will probably be remembered for a long time, I think.
1: Yeah, I think given that, you know, this is the the showpiece final and it's going to be the, the kind of peak of English 50 over cricket and they've been instrumental in getting us there. It, it's just all these kind of combination of factors and the fact that it was incredibly poor planning or maybe even intentional planning, I don't know, from uh, the ECB that, you know, they've got a... Practice game on the same day, anyway. Ironically, at the Adidas ball, um, <laughs> uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure how much of a contribution either of them ended up uh, kind of making on the day, um, whether just carrying drinks or uh, whatever. But yeah, I think there was a, you know, we s- roughly surveying people's opinions on Twitter or just picking up general vibes from people. I think. Our frustrations was shared by pretty much all Hampshire fans and a lot of non-Hampshire fans as well, kind of thinking, well, this isn't doing the tournament's credibility much good if some of the best players
0: from the teams can't be there. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those that you were you desperate for those two to play. They make such a difference. And it's possible, of course, that they could have played and not contributed on the day. True. But... Um, we'll never know. And it's the fact that we didn't have the opportunity to, to give it our best. I think that was uh, my biggest feeling walking away from Lords after the match that we just we just didn't know what could have been. Yeah. You know, Somerset did look very good and they played some really good cricket on the day. But, um yeah, it did devalue it and... It did really spoil the day, and i i I'd, th- I'd like to think I'm quite a good loser, Um but I, <laughs> I did feel particularly annoyed on that on that Saturday. I'm sure I text you to to say my annoyance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, it's it's something that's that's shared. I think you know, for a, a final, you want best v best. And I think arguably us and Somerset had proved we were two of the best teams in the fifty over format and you know strength of the South group, but it felt we were kind of yeah handicapped from from that moment like i mean I completely agree there's not to say that if Dawson and Vince had been there that they would have definitely scored you know a hundred and taken three wickets or and the like. but I think probably from maybe from an individual point of view yes i'm I'm sure. Playing for England is the highest honour, but they have both played for England before. But there surely can't be many opportunities to say that you've played in a domestic final mm-hmm. uh, as well, compared to you know just playing a, a warm-up game. And I reckon probably if they were felt they were able to come out and say it in the press and say, I'd actually, I'd rather be playing for Hampshire." Possibly they they might be. I don't know. I can't can't speculate too much, but. Yeah, uh, so you were you were at the final. Uh, sadly, I was. Uh, well, not sadly. I do enjoy looking after my children, but I, <laughs> I was doing that and watching the TV at the same time. Um, but what what was the atmosphere like at, at the ground on the day?
0: Um, it was a, it was a decent atmosphere, but I'd say the atmosphere wasn't as good as the previous year against Kent, and this was, I think, down to. A few things. It was the fact that, A, it was a smaller crowd. So the amount of people that had already committed to watching the England-Australia game Mm. affected the amount of Hampshire supporters that made the trip. Um, Somerset fans were very noisy and um, played their part, but I think just being a bit early in the season as well made the difference. That Last year it was really a hot day, height of summer, um, playing it what last saturday in may just felt a bit too early and that contributed yeah. to the the atmosphere not being as good
1: mm. yeah i think it's the earliest that this final has ever been even when i think dave allen said uh even when there were two 50 over or 60 over trophies it's still the earliest final that had ever been for for that yeah and i think <laughs> but to be honest it had barely felt to some extent like the season had really started and it's all you know one third of the honours are already uh being
0: handed out yeah um, that's right i mean it was just yeah there was just and there's good enough atmosphere i mean where we sat up the grandstand there was a good mix of supporters and everyone was um sort of joking with each other and things like that so he's it was absolutely fine atmosphere, but um, it didn't have quite the sense of occasion that previous finals did. And the other thing was, like, all week, where we've been lucky with Hampshire, and they've had a really good record in Lords Finals prior mm. to this year, you generally felt quietly confident in the week leading up. Whereas I just felt terrible all week. Is it? <laughs> i knew what was going to come and yeah. again i think i'm a pretty positive person where hampshire are concerned and i didn't want to sort of voice my concerns too loudly on hampshire or on twitter just to look like a a moaner or look yeah. like being overly negative but um i felt terrible all week
1: yeah, I th- well, you weren't the only one because I think A. D. Birrell said in some of his uh, press interviews that he hadn't slept for about a week trying to decide what the uh, the team lineup would be. And yeah, I think that without Vincent Dawson and Markram, I mean that that was the major dilemma because you know even in not that I have any input on. Who uh, decide you know who plays and who doesn't? But in all the different combinations, I was thinking about: you know, do you put Taylor in, or do you put um, you know have we got Weatherly and so you know who we who are we throwing in? Like I couldn't build a team that was completely balanced. You know the, the whoever kind of deputised the the balance seemed a little wrong. So, uh, yeah. what what did you think about the the lineup that we eventually went with?
0: Um, Yeah, I'm not sure I'd have done much different. Um, I think, to some extent, maybe Wood came back sooner than would have been ideal for him. Um, Yeah, I think I might have risked Taylor um, over him, but given how Taylor had gone in his one appearance against Sussex, uh, I can completely understand why Hampshire went the way they did um, so yeah it was it was very hard I think you were sort of struggling if you like to put um, an 11 and I think if you'd asked sort of seven eight different people they would have come up with seven or eight different sides yeah I think
1: Taylor's probably the the interesting one. like I said I think he have been a, a little bit out of form or at least had not played enough first team cricket to, to justify the place, but the element of you know off off spin and trying to hold down an end or you know get get through with a good economy like Dawson had been doing was almost the thing that we missed. But that's equally, I guess, to do with um, whether we were batting or, or bowling first. And I think you you think we made the right call in batting first.
0: We do, yeah. I mean, we had a number of people going, oh, well, if Gareth Bergs at six, why on earth did we bat first? For me, the decision to bat first was the correct one. Um, I know it didn't work out, but it's a Lords final. We backed our top five, of the reg- recognised batsmen, to score enough. Lords is always a good pitch. Um, and you back those five because they've all made runs at various points in the competition. Bar Weverley, I think, was playing his Mm. first game in the tournament, so there wasn't a lot you could do there. Because I think the last thing you want to do in the Lords final would be to give them the opportunity to bat first. They score over 300, and then you're trying to chase a big score with the pressure of a final Mm. and only five recognised batsmen. So... It's very easy to criticise the decisions about first, but I think it was the right thing to do. It just didn't work out more due to who we had available rather than the toss deciding the game. Mm. Yeah, no, I think
1: um, actually, I think in the way that you've explained, I definitely agree with you because when you said that off air, I was like, oh, I'm not sure that's the right thing, but actually, no, I, I, I'll go with you as well. I think the other aspect is that. Um, Mason Crane as a bowler, you it's the same, I think we said this before, with the way that England use Rashid Khan, is that once England have got a huge total on the board, people find, not Rashid Khan, sorry, Adil Rashid, confusing my Rashids, um, with Adil Rashid, they can use him and people either don't take risks against him or feel like they have to take risks against him and they make mistakes and it's the same way that, you know, if we've got a strong total on the board, it's ideal having Mason Crane when you're bowling second because he will take wickets even at some expense. Problem was, in the end, our batting didn't you know, as much as we backed our, our top five, we didn't make that kind of imperious total to really make the most of him um when we were fielding. So
0: That's it. yeah, I mean the the, the bowling was Did as well as it could in the circumstances Mm. of trying to defend only 240-odd. I think if we'd have batted first and I must say Somerset did bowl extremely well, Mm. they didn't allow the top five any chance to make the run. So it's one of those that if we'd have got a semi decent opening partnership and we'd been, I don't know, 50 for one at the end of the first power play, then we might have been able to go on and do something. But we just kept losing wickets every time we got a bit of a partnership going. And I thought it was one of those that that does tell me that is potential that even if we had had James Vince and Liam Dawson playing, on the way Somerset bowled, is it a certainty, is it a guarantee that we would have got a good enough score? Yeah. I'm not sure. No, I think I think you're probably
1: right. I mean, in terms of our batting, um, you know, it, it was a bit hesitant, but against what they were facing, it's it probably wasn't surprising because of that. And you know, people got starts in places, and Rousseau almost looked like there was a moment where I was like, oh, he's really going to turn this round, and then he goes. But that's you know, we've we've learnt to accept that, and you have to kind of embrace it. I thought the, the batting highlight for me was um, obviously James Fuller and he's, he kind of carried some of that form into uh, some of the championship innings as well.
0: Yeah, I mean he's he did really well and he made it respectable. I mean he meant that uh, what, it lasted till five o'clock rather than half past three uh, <laughs> the match, <coughs> Yeah, Riley Russo came out and looked really good. I thought it was going to be his day on the basis that uh, we've talked about his motivation before, that he made 100 last year in the final and thinking, you know, this is his sort of environment to thrive. Mm. Yeah, um, And he was looking pretty good. I thought, yeah, we've got something going here. And then I think he was bowled by Overton um, just when he was starting to put the pressure back onto somerset yeah and that was probably the biggest wicket and i think somerset celebrated it knowing that that was the biggest wicket as well maybe mm. sand northeast was uh big bigger as well but um it was those two that once somerset somerset got those two um it was game over mm.
1: yeah i mean like you said uh our bowlers probably did the best that they could do in trying to defend that. So Fidel Edwards came in for a bit of stick, I think on a few comments, but he was, he was trying to bowl wicket taking balls, which I think Hmm. if we were
0: again trying
1: to win it, you know, that's, that's kind of what we needed.
0: Yeah. I found the criticism of um, Fidel very bizarre. I felt that he, He had to steam in and try and get wickets straight away. He tried to do that, but unfortunately, um, because he's got pace on him, then if uh, Somerset players get anything on it, it's going to go further. And you only saw how rattled the Somerset batsmen were to him uh, when he came back for his second spell and took the three Mm -hmm. wickets that... um, If he could have started something early on, um, then the pressure really could have been on Somerset. And, yeah, I thought that, um, yeah, criticism of him was quite bizarre. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, Somerset on the day clearly deserving winners um, over the tournament. None. I'd like to think we were <laughs> we were better but uh, it's not not how tournament cricket works I, I guess. Um No. Any anything more to throw in about the final? I mean it's the last last one in its its current format. I Yeah, it's uh, a Do we really shame. know what it's going to look like next year?
0: No, I mean there's different things being said and uh final at Trent Bridge, no overseas players allowed, it's going to be on at the same time as the hundred so I don't know what it will look like but it will be sadly missed in its current form by me um, we've been lucky with the finals that Hampshire have won I just enjoy a good day of 50 over cricket you've said it before that um, you know seeing both teams bat and bowl in a day getting the result in the day um, there's a chance to recover in this form of cricket rebuild go yeah. again Um and it, it might actually work quite well as a uh, development tournament. It might give some youngsters their first taste of the first team cricket. So it, it might not actually be that bad. But um, it's a shame it will never be quite the same again. Yeah.
1: Wait and see, I guess. Wait and see. Well, should we talk about a few things that definitely happened? Uh, yes. Yeah. Such as uh, Warwickshire. I mean, this this feels like a, a while ago. But um, Warwickshire kind of turning out to be
0: definite bottom, bottom end of the table contenders. Yeah, I mean, we felt that um, A, Warwickshire would struggle and B, we, we saw it as a good opportunity for Hampshire uh, to pick up another win. And so that proved. Um, I noticed Warwickshire have proved slightly that they've beaten Surrey since and had the better of a draw. Uh, with Nottinghamshire. So, whilst they might be down the bottom, they're not necessarily nailed on for bottom place anymore. No. no. Uh, uh, it was pleasing winner. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. A few highlights. Uh Allsopp got 150. Uh, um, and Aaron Donald picked up uh, incredibly quick, 75, going at 133 strike rate. Uh, Abbott in the wickets. And then... Um, in our second innings Soames and Weatherly put on I think our first hundred partnership in a couple of years I think it was uh, and yeah. they did it in a, a, quite a pace as
0: well yeah that was uh, really enjoyable I followed the Edgerton live stream so yeah I yep. think it was the first hundred opening partnerships in September, <laughs> September 2016 wow um, and it was one where we were trying to get uh, build a big lead and make a positive declaration. And those two, whilst they're not necessarily known for their uh, quick scoring, really, really put the pressure back onto Mm. Warwickshire there. And that basically meant that Warwickshire's resolve was done and the, the 16 points for the win came, came back to the GS bowl. Yeah, no, it was uh, pretty, well, pretty convincing in the
1: end, uh, because on top of their, uh, Opening partnership, it, it allowed Russo to come in and have a bit of fun at quite a pace, and then the wickets were pretty much spread around everyone, uh, mm. which is a real, a real positive. Um, now, I think in our predictions in the last podcast, we we're saying well, we're expecting at least a win, uh, well, not at least a win, it's the, the best possible against Warwickshire, and then maybe, probably a draw or something against Knotts on the Isle of Wight. See how it goes, but two, I, two
0: I, wins. I... Yeah, I was hopeful of a win against knots because of their record yeah. or because of our record against knots. but I was cautious on the basis that we weren't playing at the Aegeus Bowl, yeah. but as it turned out, the Island White was an absolutely brilliant occasion. Uh, the first day, the weather wasn't perfect, but it was good enough for a full day and then the sun shone for the rest of the, f- the fixture and of course, Hampshire picked up a pretty good win against Nottinghamshire, who I think are now themselves contenders for that bottom spot. Mm. They're starting to struggle.
1: Yeah, uh, now you, you had the uh, the pleasure of actually being there for a, a, at least
0: a day or two, I think, was it? On the first family holiday? A, yeah, I did a day and a half. So I did the yeah. f- first day in full and then i sort of turned up about midway through the <laughs> afternoon session for the uh the second day yeah cool and yeah it, it's a wonderful ground um i do hope that Hemp should go back there um and i couldn't recommend it enough to uh, get yourself over to the island if you've got the opportunity um because it was a wonderful setting um the facilities were decent. My only slight concern is they they didn't order enough beer <laughs> because county cricket fans liked their beer. And I think they had sort of one barrel each day, so they, they kind of need to uh, yeah. sort that out. But uh, they did very well uh, yeah. at New Place. They put on a good show, and Hampshire put on a good show as well, that uh, the first day we... It was a very grey, overcast day, Some knots inserted Hampshire. Um, and again, Sames and Weatherly did a very good job on seeing off the new ball.
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, I think when we're talking about not being at the Aegeus Bowl, there's a kind of an element of the unknown of, well, what is a good score in, in the Isle of Wight? It's not even a, a ground that, I think they've, they've played some second-11 cricket there, but what constitutes a good score at that point and uh, yeah after our first innings I was I was a little unsure about you know the the con- what, where it stood in the context of the game
0: what I would say about the score there were two I had two thoughts of it that the outfield was particularly slow so on the first day I felt that our score was worth about 50 or 60 more mm-hmm. just based on balls that had slowed up Um just short of the boundary. Uh, there was a number of those where they, they'd they run three rather than got four. So I felt it was worth more. And I think that any time you're inserted and you survive the first day, then you've done a good job. The other thing is because of our bowling attack, I'm happy with anything above 300 on the basis that it's something for those guys to bowl up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, our bowling attack uh, changed mid-match as well, which is possibly a first. The fact that uh, Dawson was stood down after the first day and uh, Mason Crane popped up mid-match. Um, didn't see a lot of Crane bowling, but. Uh, don't think we actually really needed him to in the uh,
0: in the scheme of things with no, uh, it, the other guys running through. He just did a little bit when um, Stephen Mullaney, who's another, he's like the, the new Gary Balance. Yeah, the Nottinghamshire <laughs> Gary Balance. In that he loves to make runs against Hampshire and generally get, generally get in the way and hold things up. Um, so he put Crane on for a bit against him to try and. Uh, break the deadlock, but uh, on the whole um, he was used a bit more in the second innings to finish things off with the tail. But um there's a pleasing win and um that win put us back back at the top, didn't it? Yeah, uh pretty I've sure got it did. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well uh, Considering our championship challenge, uh, I mean, we'll we'll cover the uh, the next two games as well before we discuss whether we can keep it up. I guess, but uh, yeah, the, that some of the highlights from that game was obviously um, Rahani, who was making his debut, I think, in in that game because he only got ten in the first innings. But him and Sam Northeast put on about. 200 or odd for the Mm. uh, the third or fourth wicket, I think it was, which was, um, yeah, quality. I I don't know how many Indian internationals have scored hundreds in the Isle of Wight, but I assume he's in a
0: very (laughs) select group. That's right, yeah. I mean, it was, again, another performance where the first innings, the batters had done their job. The bowlers had taken over and with a sizeable lead then it was down to Rohane and North East to, to build that into a position where Hampshire could not lose the game. And they did that fantastically. Um, Sam North you know, we're really seeing the best of him this season. And we're up to, what, 15 batting points, which I think is nearly as many as we managed in the whole of last year. And that is down to... Sam Northeast has played a large part in that turnaround. Yep, no, no, agreed. I think that I mean, one of the biggest
1: shames I would say about our washout uh, against Knots that well was officially washed out today was uh, the fact it didn't actually give us the opportunity to get any more batting points because I think mm. with our current batting lineup we could have got at least three, possibly even more, had we had the the chance. So it's a shame but um, I think that leaves, if if uh, the Somerset Kent game is washed out tomorrow, because
0: it was today, uh, I think they're going to be about ten points ahead of us. Yeah, the only thing with that game is, I think if they can get a full day's play, given that 22 wickets fell on the day that they <laughs> did play, I'm not ruling out a Somerset win there. So no. I think as at the time of recording. We're seven points behind Somerset. Once you put in their bonus points, um, let's say they get a draw, their bonus points, they're going to be about 12, 15 points ahead. Um, If they win, they're going to be about 20, 25 points ahead. They do look a very good side. I'm positive about how Hampshire are going. I'm very pleased with how we're going considering our normal championship form but I yep. don't think we've quite got what it takes to catch Somerset. No, they do gonna... look like they've got everything covered.
1: Yeah, we we need some sort of disaster to beset them. Not not wishing significant ill on them but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, who who knows. Let's hope they have a, a really demoralizing T20 campaign. Well it will uh, be uh, t- into
0: their season it'd be typical of hampshire that you know somerset famously never won the championship that when we actually have a half decent championship team in season that they finally decide that they're going to win it and it's yeah. just a bit the same with the cup final really yeah. where they again come up short in loads and loads of cup finals and then finally they choose this year to to be be any good so it's a, a bit annoying but yeah, yeah we talked about the rain the rain scuppered our chances at Nottinghamshire but you could argue that these things even themselves out and I would say that the rain probably helped us draw with Yorkshire what do you reckon yeah and I think in terms of things that
1: I, I hate I hate the rain and I hate Gary Ballant um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah I think Yorkshire uh, I after their first innings, I was like, oh, 181 all out. Edwards, you know, picking up a... Fidel picking up a 5 And then I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, and You know, we built a what, 70, 80-something advantage from our innings. I was like, oh, we're, in, we're in charge of the game. And then Gary Balance comes in and he just <laughs> plods along. We can't get him out. And they get up to 300-something. And then we were like, oh, actually, the game's kind of turned on its head here. Um, yeah, I mean, without probably some of those rain delays we might not have been able to hold out, particularly at the point where we were three down for not a lot. So, um yeah. I mean, Riley Russo, Riley Russo had to play within himself to, mm. you know, to, to keep us actually with the chance of the draw. And to his credit, he did. Um yep. But you couldn't have necessarily seen him lasting much longer than he did without... <laughs> playing some sort of wild shot. So, um, yeah, rain saves us then. I guess over the over the natural flow of the season, sometimes it will do us a favour, sometimes it won't. Uh, but we'll just leave that over
0: to the weather gods. Yeah, so it's sort of one-all with the weather, isn't it? Because yeah. whilst we were on top against Nottinghamshire, um, we can't say for certain that we definitely would have gone on to win. But uh, we were in a good position at the end of day one before any more play was possible but um, yeah we're happy with our position second in the table um, and it's what we've got four games come pretty much back to back over the next month before the T20 takes over and again it's these next two games for me really going to give a good indication of uh, where Hampshire are uh, we've got Essex at Chelmsford so we comprehensively beat them first game in the season but they've come back they're not they're not a bad side and they're where are they mid-table at the minute Uh, they're currently in fourth position Uh, so they're going along okay and we've got um, followed by that which is obviously the biggest test of the season to date will be Somerset down at Taunton so I wonder what sort of pitch they'll prepare for us yeah, Hyderabad. Uh, I don't know. Well,
1: it it used to be kind of spin heavy, but with their kind of pace attack, I think yeah. you know all of the Overtons and uh, Lewis Gregory firing. You've got Gronewald, and yeah, the Jack um, Brooks. Josh. Yeah, Jack Brooks, Josh, um, Josh Davy. Although I don't know if he plays that much four ball, um, four day stuff. Um, yeah, it 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 will be interesting. I think the the table's kind of splitting in two a little bit. Like we've talked about Warwickshire and Nottinghamshire as teams that were down the bottom. Um I think Surrey have been pretty abject considering they're trying to defend a a title and uh Kent having come up are a bit average as well. And then mm. actually and then you've got your I mean in a team of a league of eight teams, you know, four each way. But Somerset, Hampshire Yorkshire definitely look like strong teams and like I said, Essex have turned it around really since being
0: thrashed by us at the start, so
1: hmm
0: we'll see. Yeah, then. so it's it's one of those where I'd actually, I think, in the next two games just be happy to be unbeaten in those two Yeah, um, and then we got back at the Aegean Bowl finally once the, the World Cup's out of the way uh, we'll be playing Warwickshire followed by Kent, so I'd be hopeful with um, winning one of those uh, based on our form and those teams' forms so far this season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, if you take it, if we're genuinely looking at championship challenges and things like that, we Somerset have got Nottinghamshire in July and Yorkshire in July um, in this break. And they also have Essex and us. So, yeah, it could... Could you know if we if we get a, a positive result in Taunton or at least a draw? Um, yeah, there could be some change at the top, who knows? Who knows? But then, um, we'll have the T20 as a distraction and uh, we'll have to kind of refocus after that.
0: So, yeah, because what will we be? We would have played, yeah, by the time the T20 comes around, we would have played 10 games, there'd be four to come in September, and I think we'll probably then. If we can just be in touch going into that T20 break, then um, I'd be quite pleased about that, quite excited mm. about the remainder. Um, Did... Don't want Somerset to run away with it. No. No, I think the, um, of
1: the Essex and Surrey, basically, over the last two years have pretty much been unchased in the... Uh, in the championship table. So it'd be good to have something that Sky might want to show in September at some point (laughs) when they uh, bother to put something on. Um, I did some, uh, in my boredom at school, I did some calculations on what it would take to survive this year in terms of points. And I've calculated (laughs) that on average to not finish in eighth, you need from the last five seasons, 104 points. So, we are we are just 15 points, I think, away from survival. Uh, so, that uh, and I think, but uh, I' I'm joking about that, really. But the what I think when well, we've only got one going down this year is that actually I think teams might be a bit more liberal in terms of batting, you know, trying to set up games and declaring earlier, perhaps, than they otherwise would have done. Not necessarily going for the draws. So I think we should
0: see some exciting cricket. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, what I've seen this season has been very enjoyable. I love watching our bowling attack. We're so lucky to see Kyle Abbott, Fidel Edwards, as quality, international-class bowlers playing first-class cricket. Keith Barker's a really good bowler. and We've got some good backup from Gareth Berg. James Fuller's coming into the side now. Um, And, of course, Liam Dawson, when we do see him, and Mason Crane with some leg spin, so the, there's something for for all tastes there. I think, mm. um, but I've enjoyed the season a lot so far. Yeah, the Lords final was very disappointing how it ended up, but um, I've got lots of good memories of the group stage games. So I saw some really good cricket there, and um, yeah, I'll, I, the 2019 season for me so far has been a good one.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean nothing nothing really to complain about so far. I'll uh I think it'll be interesting next time we check in probably at the end of that Kent game, um in in July and previewing the uh, the T twenty season as to where we're at. But um yeah, quite still quietly optimistic.
0: Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, we, we were we've sort of gone between uh positive and negative all season, but I think now that uh we've got a number of games under our belt that to have been top after five games, to be second after six games, when the table actually has some meaning Mm. that we've been top after one game before (laughs) and we all get excited, but to be top after five games and yeah, that is obviously where you end up. But uh, to be top when the table has a bit more meaning um, is a nice feeling. Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm hopeful that I'll be getting down to at least a couple of days of the uh, date, the home dates in uh, in July. Um, you're doing a bit of commentary with Guerrilla Cricket on the World Cup.
0: Yeah, we're doing the World Cup. I'm sort of trying to fit what I can in around uh, work and childcare. So I think I'm down to do England Sri Lanka next Friday. Uh, cricket.com so you can hear me there and then yeah I hope to be doing uh, my usual Southampton Hospital Radio for the Warwickshire and Kent Games so uh, yeah. you can catch up with me there um, obviously download the podcast and on our SoundCloud page we've got previous episodes for you to catch up on um, but we hope you've enjoyed listening and we'll catch up with you I think uh next month prior to the t20s yeah lovely stuff all right bring it on see you then see you bye